Hey everybody, thanks for downloading The Tully Show. Before we get to this week's episode, Two Grown Men Discussing a Disney Streaming Service, I wanted to let everybody know my new book with Jason Ellis, Still Awesome, The Trials and Tribulations of an Egotistical Maniac, is available for pre-order now. As you probably know, if you're listening to this, this book has been like two years, well, about eight years in the making on Jason's end, a couple years on mine, uh, at least a year of pretty focused work on my end. I couldn't be happier with the way it came out. I'm excited for everybody to read it. Pre-order it now. comes out December 10th at jasonellisbook.com. Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, Your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, Give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, making his fourth Tully Show appearance who can keep track the drummer of motion city soundtrack and the host of the bizarre albums podcast hello and welcome back tony thaxton hi very nice to see you nice to see you a whirlwind brought into the studio let's go that's what you it's a showbiz baby yeah time to put on a show right yeah let's get that razzmatazz work and mm-hmm. stack mm-hmm. um how's uh how's bizarre albums going uh fun Delightful. Uh, uh, well, I, can I call my own podcast delightful? Is that is that on me to to say that? I don't know. It's a little I, sea crusty. Well, that is how I describe myself. The Ryan Seacrest of niche yeah. music podcasting. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm having I'm having uh, a lot of fun, and uh, especially this past week because I got to combine it with one of the other big things I love, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Oh yeah, you so. mentioned that you're a fan of that on Twitter once or twice. Yeah, a few times. Uh-huh. Starting to get the hint that you might be an aficionado. Yeah. I listened most recently to the episode that you made about the ill-fated, star-crossed. Spider-Man stage musical. Yes. Did you ever, have you ever seen footage of the actual show? I feel like it's this phenomenon that has this big donut hole of content at the center, which is that I don't know how many human beings actually will admit that they've seen the musical. Yeah, uh, I definitely did not see it in person. The main uh, footage I have seen is when they did a couple performances on Letterman. Oh, did they? And there's one in particular for a song called A Freak Like Me Needs Company that I highly recommend looking up. It's on YouTube. Uh, Is that I, the Green Goblin one? Yes. That's perhaps the worst of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that your mission statement in the beginning of your pod every time is to say that you're not there to make fun of things, and yet you so consistently, or maybe I just choose to click on the episodes that are so eminently make fun-able. But I'm, I'm not, but I don't. There, I, I never once... No, you really don't. say no, you don't anything negative, no, but uh, but I but you know I'm just presenting mm-hmm. what's there, and I, I'm not I'm not calling anything out, but I I do like to find what I feel at times to be the more ridiculous moments. Sure, I'm not I'm not saying one thing or another about them, but uh, you know it's like here's this here's this thing. So for people who don't know, because I ended up being kind of front and center for the spectacle of it in a way. I'm I grew up you know in in New York, New Jersey, but I've lived out here for a long time. I ended up back in New York at the actual like crisis moment of where stuntmen were being beheaded left and right uh-huh. during during the rehearsal. So I it was a very New York failure. You even mentioned the New York Post in your podcast and that's how I was finding out every single day there was a new pun about, you know, uh-huh. web of shit right right right, <laughs> you know, right happening. Um I don't know how many people outside of the New York bubble are even aware that that happened. You kind of needed to be in New York or sort of a a, a Broadway fan. I feel uh, like it, it. You feel like I mean I know Entertainment Tonight and stuff would have would have talked about it, but yeah, I mean, still watch that as a. I think I sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, because I I'm neither. I'm not a New Yorker. I'm not necessarily. I'm not opposed to musicals, but I don't keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, but I was at least aware of it. Sure. And I remember hearing about the problems. And I knew, you know, but I, that's kind of where my knowledge ended. I knew it was this this musical that mm-hmm. you two did the music for, and there were a lot of problems with people getting hurt. And that was kind of 
all yeah, I knew. And the over budget stuff. As with so many horrible flops, it benefited from happening just before the advent of social media really taking off. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was there, but not not to the extent that it is now. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that it ever got memed. It's odd that so Bono and the Edge were contracted to write all of the music for it, which mm-hmm. is funny because the person who they hired ultimately to play Spider Man sings in a very Bono y yeah. style. And maybe it's just that when once Bono has written something you have no choice but to deliver it. Right. Bono y, but it's funny to listen to the songs and to hear Bono and fake Bono yeah. duetting with one another. Mm-hmm. I just kinda I don't know if I would hire a late era Bono in the edge to make music for me because ultimately their bread is buttered on YouTube bread. And <laughs> and if they really came up with a like the best hook they'd come up with in a decade, there's no goddamn way that's going to be in yeah, Fear of the Dark. It's Turn off the Turn off the Dark. Turn, yeah, I know. I don't even what understand the? what the name is. It's <laughs> it's hard to remember, especially Yeah. for some uh I even though it's not the same, uh I mix it up constantly with that last and the animated movie from last year that was Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse or yeah. something. For some reason those names are like interchangeable to me and even though they're very different. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh I agree. Every everything as I kind of uh, tell the story in the episode, every step along the way seemed while they were doing it, I think they thought like this is gonna be huge. It's Spider Man. It's you two, and the the woman that they had directing initially was the lady who had directed the Lion King musical, which was gigantic and it was enormously an, it successful. Was, it was an era redefining. As somebody who knows shit about Broadway, yeah. I even saw the Lion King. Uh-huh. Did you ever see it? No. Just the beginning when the animals all cross the savanna, you're just like, holy fuck! I might actually like Broadway now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just seems like it was. Sorry to interrupt you. It, it seemed like we take a really big property. We mm-hmm. get a really big director and throw money at her. We get some of the most famous music makers in the world. We hire a couple Broadway stars, and there's probably not one person involved with it who actually really likes Spider-Man. Right. It, uh, or who, in their core, was convinced that there was a great Spider-Man musical to be made. Yeah, it just it's like all those pieces seem like it should have been this thing, and it just everything just went wrong, mm-hmm. and and. Again, I tell more of the story on there uh, on the episode, but the I think the biggest thing uh, that was like the uh, they should have been like, oh, this is this is a bad sign. I mean, who I guess you're not really going to take it like that in the moment. But looking back, it's like, oh, well, this was your is the guy who was the producing producing the show personally goes to uh, the edge's apartment to get him to sign the contract to officially get him on board. Edge leaves the room to go get a pen, comes back, the guy is hunched over and dead. Literally all he did was leave the room to get a pen. The guy died of a I believe it was a stroke, I forget now, but uh yeah. And that was everybody's out. Yeah. That was everybody's chance to go. This uh-huh. fucking piece of shit. You know what? That was really <laughs> this guy's vision. Yeah. And I, I mean it kind of was. Out yeah. of respect to him, maybe it would have been a whole different story had yeah. that man not killed over in the edges. Um apartment you also touch in that same pod on the canon films studio i guess uh-huh. they were a studio technically for a while and i also saw you interacting with somebody on twitter about the the possibility of somebody making a canon plus oh oh right yeah that was jonah ray made that joke yesterday on twitter and i was yeah that's fabulous i don't know if everybody <laughs> is familiar with the canon film group like simply the story of them making spider-man is yeah. trying to make Spider-Man of they were um they had high hopes and low budgets and and misunderstood Spider-Man even more than the musical did. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it was a, there's a fabulous documentary about yeah. about Canon Films. It's a little icky because they leaned very heavily particularly early on on um exploitation. There's yeah. a lot of like sexual violence against women to mm-hmm. just be lurid uh and it does detract from some of the fun of what is otherwise just what happens if two consummate Hollywood outsiders come here with zero taste and very, very little ability and are just hell-bent on knocking, cutting a bunch of corners and knocking down the doors to becoming a legitimate Hollywood studio? Like, they are the ones famously, I think, the Masters of the Universe movie with yep. Dolph Lundgren. So the one anecdote that I love from that is supposedly Stallone visits the set, sees the once uh, Ivan Drago, uh-huh. There in the main cast, and says, 
you let him talk? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Also, if I'm not mistaken, and this is very typical of their work, I think somebody else had started making that movie and... I don't know if somebody else died in the Edge's apartment or something <laughs> right. happened and it just shut down midway and they just came in and took it over and Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't I know I saw the documentary, but it's been a bit, so yeah. I don't remember all the They made like half the movie yeah. on an insane budget. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very typical of them too. I, oh, yeah. I I remember there were movies that they would make that they felt like lacked a certain amount of oomph, so they would just harvest the action scenes from another movie that they had and just insert it into the it's just it's like it's like if Ed Wood had happened with millions of dollars yeah in the 80s right yeah I would probably be more excited about Canon Plus than personally I am about Disney Plus but um let's talk about that that's the reason above all else that I brought you here today as a big Star Wars fan I I didn't realize how close we were to the launch date of Disney Plus until you, a full-grown man, told me on social media. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and the, I, I, so I've been, I, yeah, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, to as I said, my newest episode, uh, I, I definitely planned that timing, knowing that uh, the launch was happening on the twelfth mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. My episodes come out on Tuesday. New Star Wars show. I got to put out a Star Wars episode. Yeah, let's actually really quickly talk about the episode that you put out. This is a song that I was familiar with because as someone who consistently listens to the Top 40 chart from uh, the 80s, Mm -hmm. this this did chart. This song was a a legitimate success in- Number one. No. Yeah. This hit number one in 1977. Are you kidding me? Whoa. (laughs) This is one of those things I think like pretty much everybody has heard this weird disco version, but just probably doesn't know what it is. I mean, obviously knows it's Star Wars, but... This is part of a groovy subgenre that was happening around that time. There was more than one disco medley yeah. making the rounds. The Beach Boys got a bunch of their classic hits repackaged mm. with a disco twist. I think I heard that for the first time recently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, it turns out that's what those songs were missing all along. Right. <laughs> so what is the story with uh, this, this is Galactic a, Funk by Meko? Yeah, I, I believe it's Miko. Uh, I believe. My apologies to Miko. I, I could, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. If not, i got to re-record my whole episode. I'm picturing a guy who looks like Carl Lagerfeld. <laughs> uh, he was just a uh, musician slash producer. And uh, he went to see Star Wars opening day, and it blew him away. Mm-hmm. And he, Just I guess, that there. ended up. <laughs> I, I understand. He ended up going to see it uh, several times just within the first week. I think the story was that by the time it left theaters, he had seen it like eleven times in the theater. But just immediately upon seeing it, he loved the movie. He loved the soundtrack. He loved the John Williams score, and uh, supposedly he felt that the he thought the theme song was amazing, but he felt that it probably didn't have a chance of being like a commercial hit, like a top 40 kind of thing. Although, well, although he actually was wrong because it did end up charting. However, he then pitches this uh, idea for, he does like a 15-minute disco medley of all the music from Star Wars. And then the other side is just weird, random, like, funk instrumentals. But, uh... Um, he pitches it to this record label. They actually go for it without even hearing any of his music. Yeah, you couldn't go wrong with Star Wars at yeah. that moment. Yeah, exactly. That's how huge Star Wars was. And, I mean, kind of still is. Uh, and so it comes out, and he was right about that. Like, it ends up... Got the, a little cantina the, band happening Yeah, there, right? the John Williams version did chart, but this ends up passing it and going to number one. I never know how covers work. Does Lucasfilm have any say in him making this? Uh, I don't think they necessarily have a say in making it. I think you can pretty much... It seems like a thing I should know the answer to better, being someone that is a professional musician for a very long time in my life. But basically, you can you can do it, but you'll just... You have to then pay, like, royalties and stuff to... Right. Them. Yeah. But, but you just can a, just do it, yeah. If there's a horrible band wants to cover a really, really cool band, the cool band can't just say no. They can disavow mm. it publicly. Yeah, I think you... Yeah, oh, you man. can... But I'm yeah, start you a can... new genre, extortion rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because at the end of the day, it's not like you chose that person to cover you, and you're probably going to make a few bucks off of them if they sell some. So, so that brings us to 
Disney Plus. I want to talk to you about the Mandalorian. I can't help but ask you one question. Just uh-huh. thumbs up, thumbs down. Episode one of Mandalorian. Uh, thumbs up for okay. sure. Okay. I I will. I, I, let me let me say before you get into it. I will say got a uh, got a little nervous at the beginning. I thought it would like at times a little sillier than I was expecting. Uh, Not but- feeling the sands. What? Not feeling Horatio Sands? <laughs> it's, well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just uh, it sat a little weird with me. But then as it got going, then I was like, okay, I'm 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 digging this. And I I have already watched it twice. And I will say, even on the second viewing, I was like way more on board than I even was the first time. What is that? Is it just because we come with so many expectations or unrealistic? hopes or or whatever like we we expect it to fit into a box and when it doesn't fit into that box we just dislike it for not fitting into that box because my experience with solo is just what it is but my Uh experience with force awakens last jedi and rogue one is that i enjoy all of them more upon rewatching yeah I don't know. I, I think that's maybe part of it. For and I wouldn't me. say it wouldn't necessarily say that about the prequels. So it's not right. just like a thing right. where eventually familiarity breeds yeah. you know affection. Yeah, I think um for me, a little bit of it, too, is that it's that combined with I don't totally know what to expect. Like, I maybe have some ideas, but also there's a lot of, like, I, I don't know really what this is going to be. And especially this, because this is the first live-action TV show. It's like, what are they going to do with this exactly? And it's 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 uh, kind of an era that we haven't really spent time in and there's no, at least at the moment, there's no Jedi or anything like that in there. So it's like, yeah, what is this going to be exactly? And so kind of just taking it all in, I think that first time was just a lot to like, yeah, take in. And you can only read so much into um, a, a pilot, obviously. But yeah. before we talk about The Mandalorian specifically, Disney Plus, I guess I'm just like a really big hater. Again, I guess I just have really big expectations for everything. Uh-huh. I expected more of a wow factor literally just opening the thing. I'm okay. expecting that something is going to happen. This is Disney's streaming service. Uh-huh. I don't know if I want Mickey from Fantasia sweeping his way across my Yeah, screen. I was like, you you want like a fancy like DVD menu screen? Is that what you're wanting? I think wanting? I want the next generation <laughs> of DVD menu screen okay. with Easter eggs. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's That's not. I don't hate that idea. And instead, it's just kind of like, yeah, hey, we told you, Disney. Yeah. Star Wars. But hey, you can watch Steamboat Willie anytime you want now. Yeah, you're really into that, huh? No, I, I, just, I just like saying that. I tried. <laughs> I recently tried to sit through Steamboat Willie. I've was, never seen it. I was at Disneyland. It was the, near the end of a very long day with my family, and I don't want to get into my feelings about the electric light parade, but <laughs> it, it, it threatens to tear my family apart. Okay. So while most of them were sitting there in the cold after dark with a cranky baby waiting for that flashy jankathon to get started, <laughs> I took a stroll down Main Street and ducked. I watched Abraham Lincoln deliver a speech in the Hall of Presidents uh-huh. thing. That's so desperate was I for diversion and warmth, <laughs> and uh, and then I tried to go into the little theater thing and watch Steamboat Willie. And uh, I, it's, it's important. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've never seen I. I love Disneyland, and I go mm-hmm. not crazy often, but I, I like going when I can. And you a pass holder? I'm not, but all right, all right. I I might have some hookups that kind of help get me in. From oh, time to time. I see. Wow. So not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, but I both of those things I have never done. I've never gone to that theater Nobody where Steve, and I've never gone to the Lincoln thing. No, there was a lot of. There's a lot of room. I had no trouble finding a seat at the yeah, Lincoln speech. That's kind of what I it's one of those things that even without going to it, I'm I'm surprised it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's like maybe a couple things that they felt like were really close to Walt's yeah, art. Right. Which I respect. Yeah. Okay. And I also felt a little underwhelmed with Disney Plus by the general selection of stuff. I I think I'm just so used to being absolutely crushed with you know Netflix, whether all of it is good or not is a different story, but it's just bursting at the seams with content. I feel like my kid is going to run through this thing in like six weeks. Really? Yeah. And now there's the rewatchability of things, yeah. but a lot the things he's into, he's he's already seen Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi 35 times. Will yeah. he have another run in him? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it will be nice to see Mary Poppins once without having to pay 20 fucking dollars for right. it. So I welcome that. But a lot of the things that are going to be destination viewing in my household are not going to be, I presume, in yours. 
as an adult, do you think you will feel good about continuing to pay for Disney Plus, or are you just being held hostage by virtue of the fact that there's three things that you want there that you can't get anywhere else? Uh, yeah, probably more of of that. Yeah, I mostly care about the original Star Wars programming that it's yeah. going to have. That you know, there's still several more coming that are not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's how much I am a dork about Star Wars that I'm like, that's cool. Sure. Yeah. Give it to me. I'll, I'll, I will gladly pay for that the same amount that I pay for like Hulu to get lots of different shows that I watch. Like I would, yeah, if I had to pick between the two, I would honestly probably pay for if, if it was like, you can keep Disney plus or keep Hulu. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Disney Plus, even though it's only the Star Wars stuff that I'm mostly going to. I mean, don't get me wrong. There will be other things I'll watch. Have but... you watched the little shorts with BB-8, the animated shorts? No, I okay, have not Okay, this. you don't have it that bad. All right, all right. That was, <laughs> we're going to have to cut this short. I like that it doesn't auto-stream promos. When you hover over a title, it doesn't start yeah. playing the fucking thing. Right. <laughs> okay, so, The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. First question. For dumb people like myself, what is a Mandalorian? A Mandalorian is I I I, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to explain this, okay. um, but uh, I'm sure the it's very obvious that the armor that he wears is the same armor that you saw Boba Fett and Jango Fett wearing. However, mm-hmm. they uh, I don't think I see I don't know a lot of the expanded universe stories as well, uh, but. Um, even though Boba Fett and Jango Fett wore that armor, they were actually not Mandalorians. I think it's been like a thing, like kind of unexplained, where like they he got that armor somehow, but he he was shady about it somehow, and so he was not a true, an actual Mandalorian. So Mandaloria is a planet. Uh, yeah, Mandalore is ah. a planet. Yes, and uh, they have done a lot of. Uh, stories with that on the Clone Wars cartoons. Which I'm looking forward to enjoying now that I can finally get it without having to pay for it yeah. on Disney+. Plus. I have watched all those, but I will admit that that stuff doesn't ever um, stick with me as well. It's, it's a little bit more of a... Because it's a little hit or miss for me, because uh, some episodes are really great, and then some are definitely filler, and then also you often have to remind yourself... Oh yeah, this is an animated show for children. Right. So it's like it it is a little bit more of a throw it on in the background while I'm doing something else kind of thing mm-hmm. and just kind of check in and out. I feel like Star Wars Rebels is similar. It, you can kind of tell yeah. when something is half-assed Star Wars when far and away the most exciting part is when Darth Vader shows up. Right. That's the sign of any bad crossover. Yeah. That it's only good when you know. Yeah. It's like if a different world had depended on Bill Cosby poking in every third episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which it did not. Dwayne Wayne, I think, carried yeah, it exactly. very nicely. Well, you, you've always been a huge Kadeem Hardison head. I have, so, as a matter yeah. of fact. Hey, speaking of <laughs> random people, what was with the Ellen Cleghorn reference? Oh, well, that was that was because of Horatio Sands being on the first oh, episode. I was just nice. making a dumb little deep SNL cut reference. I, I like it. Yeah, that was... Uh, that. <laughs> my, my two things with The Mandalorian, uh, I was like, yes, finally... We now have Horatio Sands and glasses in Star Wars. No, I saw you say that. <laughs> Who had glasses? Uh, the guy, I forget what his name was, but he uh, was the guy in with uh, Werner Herzog. Uh, oh, the he, guy who busted in the room? Yes. Mm. He, he comes in and is... Yeah, he's got he wears glasses, and I don't think we've ever had a character with glasses before. Well, far more significant than that, I'm led to believe in the Star Wars universe, this was the first ever shot of and reference to anything toilet esque. Yes, because this has been a running joke, and I'm sure it's not just my right. household. Is you know how does Darth Vader poop in that thing? Yeah, and again, that was one of those things where right up front, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is where we're going with this. Yeah. Uh, it has kind of been referenced in Rebels, I think, oh, but I don't think they ever showed it, and because yeah. they, they referred to it as the refresher. Uh huh. Because I remember, like, kind of note. I was like, oh, okay, that's what they're that's what they're they're going to reference that now. We're going and, low on Rebels, yeah. Huh? Um, but uh, yeah, we. Oh yeah, so man, yeah, Mandalore was the planet. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so is this like a bounty hunter planet? No, they're not all bounty hunters. And this is where I feel like I don't, my knowledge isn't good enough to, uh, but they do like it, that armor, it, they were kind of like an, an army and they all kind of wear that, that, uh, that armor that you see him wear. Um, so I, I think it seems that we're definitely going to learn more about them on this show from mm-hmm. the, especially that one scene where he goes through the the tunnel and there's other ones in there and he gets the new piece for his armor that they make him and okay so mandalore was a planet located in the outer rim territories the homeworld of the mandalorians a fearsome and warmongering people who fought the jedi and raided their temple during the fall of the old republic man so this is some deep mythology so Mandalore is a planet that basically so far only exists to be a place that two other characters can pretend to be from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I awesome. don't know what to tell you on that beyond that. Okay. Yeah. In the Mandalore sector of the Mandalore system. I guess it doesn't go doesn't go that deep. Um, speaking of uh, Horatio Sands, the people who popped up, it does take a little bit of the wonder away that I've personally acquainted with two of the people. Who were who are in this? It's like kind of funny when Brian Posehn shows up in a yeah, Star Wars thing. Right? I know it, it just it's it's cool. I was you know yeah. even I don't know him, but like in a way, like I know he's a Star Wars nerd. Yeah, so like there's this part of me that's like I was excited for him. Yeah, uh, but also it sort of it it is like distracting for me though. Like yeah, because like the Horatio Sands thing, I didn't I, recognize him. No, I did, but I the voice though. I was like, I swear I know that voice. Mm-hmm. Who is that? And I have a friend uh, that worked on the show and I told like I didn't want any details from him I don't think he could have told me anyways but uh the one thing he did kind of like casually say one time is about like how many cameos like the and he people he would see walking around the set is like oh shit you're in this too uh so I think there are going to be a lot of comedians that pop up weirdly that's is that the Favreau thing? I probably because I mean it has been publicized and there's a shot in one of the trailers that Bill Burr is in it, which is so what? crazy. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that? Yeah. No. But and he's just but he he looks actually kind of like a badass and uh, I mean but he's not like yeah he just looks like Bill Burr wearing some sort of like Star Wars yeah yeah you always have to take a step back and remember that as long as it's new to the kids and they don't have the baggage for the kids it's all that really yeah. matters I'm pretty sure Billy D Williams was already slinging Colt forty five by the time he was Lando Calrissian <laughs> right yeah probably yeah, I don't I don't know for sure about that but I mean he was definitely in yeah. stuff by then yeah and yeah. Samuel Jackson was well established as oh, yeah. Samuel Jackson obviously by the time he got to be the one and only uh, purple lightsaber guy Mm -hmm. it's funny when they when you go to the lightsaber making factory at disneyland have you been there yet uh i have not actually done that but i've been to galaxy's edge a few times but i've not done the lightsaber because there's the four colors and they're Uh just like green is the color of blah 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 yoda and luke i don't know who has what and then like red is if you feel the dark force within you and then and then they're just like and purple's the one that a Samuel Jackson had. Anybody want to make a purple? No. Okay, we'll move on. But they have to offer it because right. it is just this weird. There's three colors, and then yeah. there's Samuel Jackson's candy-colored uh, mm-hmm. lightsaber. Um. Okay, a thought that I had about the Mandalorian. I felt like, and I think you and I have discussed this before. I like Rogue One. I did not feel like. The human characters are really up to snuff, yeah. but K2SO was terrific. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt like by far the most intriguing character in this one-hour episode was it's IG-11. 11, I believe, is what Because it's not, it's, it's not IG-88, who is briefly right. seen in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. He's one of the other bounty hunters that goes off after Han, along with yeah. um, the fake Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Yes. He was instantly... For being like a, a metal tongue depressor with guns, mm-hmm. instantly compelling and awesome. Like and, it's like super cool to see him doing stuff. Doing stuff, yeah. In a way that I'd I'd have to think, if the person who created that figure and stuck it in Cloud City in, in Empire Strikes Back is still alive, mm-hmm. I, I would have to think that if they saw this scene, they'd be like, "Oh, I never even wow, yeah. I didn't even consider him doing shit. We just yeah. needed another droid. Like, yeah, because you literally shit. don't see him move. I think maybe his head turns a little bit, and that's right. it. Yeah. Right, but they ended up turning a, 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 a not really compelling or physically yeah. imposing figure and making him a great bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And he's funny. It, it. Why do you think that Disney is having so much trouble? I think you know the, the aliens and the robots have maybe always been a little better than the humans uh-huh. in Star Wars, but like they're they're really having trouble with humans. Don't you think in Star Wars since Disney took over? 
Uh, oh, you like? No, uh, I, I. Well, you I like I, Kylo Ren. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, all of the, well, not all of, but most of the new characters, I think, from the Skywalker saga, yeah. I think, are great. Uh, for the most, like, I, I like Ray a lot. I like Kylo Ren a lot. I like Finn. I like Poe. Um, yeah, I think, I think all of, all of them are, are pretty good. Okay. Um, but I, I totally, I do agree about like Rogue One and and all that stuff of, of, uh, but at the same time, I'd also feel like maybe they didn't want you to really like them that much since they were going to kill all of them off, you mm. know? Well, they're making a spinoff yeah. with... Yeah, true. Cassian, Cassian Andor, Andor, who's yeah. Diego Luna's his yeah. real name? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not sure exactly how excited I am to see his further adventures throughout the universe. Yeah, I know. That's that's the one I'm definitely the least excited about, but I guarantee I'll still watch it. Yeah, same here. I don't really have a choice. I would watch even if I wasn't already yeah. forced to watch it. And then what do you make of Ewan McGregor as... Um, as an Obi Wan, uh, I because he's also getting a spinoff. Yes, series, right? that's exciting to me. And uh, I'm just gonna say, I this is what I wanted. It was literally like pitch. I want to say pitching, but like it's not like I was actually pitching this to someone that could do anything about it. But I literally, for the last few years, had been saying because there had been rumors of an Obi Wan movie, and I was saying like. No, they shouldn't do a movie. They should do a like Netflix series that's Obi Wan on Tatooine in those years between when we last see him and and now and then now that's what Disney Plus is doing. So I'm just saying mm-hmm. I'm, a ge- I'm can't I'm take a all the credit. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> uh, of, of all the unexploited storylines, his obviously makes the most sense. You got a Jedi just off doing his thing for a couple yeah. of, a couple of decades and a pretty likable one. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, the thing though. That's tough about it is it's such a weird thing because they cast and, and he's you know Ewan McGregor's one of if not the best part of the prequels, but he's way too young for that role. Uh, so like the distance between when we see him in Revenge of the Sith and when we see Obi Wan on Tatooine in A New Hope. That's supposed to be like 17 years. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> People got older faster in the 70s. They did. It, that is true. And I've show also me, heard I've heard the argument of, of like- you Show know, me a picture you... of Alec Guinness in 1960. Right. Wait, I'm going to look for one. Keep talking. <laughs> but uh, I've heard people like make the argument. It's like, well, he was, you know, on a desert planet with two sons. So it's, you know, or, <laughs> um, which, you know, sure, there is some merit to that. But yeah, it is true. If I, I have seen things like floating around online where you, uh, like, uh, there was like a picture of, I think it was the Mary Tyler Moore cast, and it said the ages of everyone, and everyone looks like they're like mid-50s or 60s, and they're all like in their 30s. It's crazy. Everyone really is aging differently now. Okay, so Alec Guinness in 1960 looks yeah. older than Ewan McGregor did yeah. in the prequels, but yeah. not like disturbingly so right yeah let me you know let that be the biggest problem they also made him and i wouldn't have caught this if i hadn't been forced to watch the prequels like 20 times each doesn't have a lot of great moments he's not quite a a comic foil Mm -hmm. but when things go wrong in the jedi's plans it tends to be that obi-wan wasn't quite as good at doing jedi things as qui-gon and uh and anakin yeah uh yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Right. So it'll it uh, yeah. I'm really all he curious really does to see... in, in like that matters is lose a fight to Darth Vader. Yeah, which was which was yeah, which is a, a great scene. There are things about that scene that bug me. Like they just really did a, well. They just did. It, well, it's, you're talking about the scene from the original Star Wars. Oh no no sorry I thought uh, I was oh, oh you mean Revenge of the Sith the the lava fight and all that okay what's your problem with that because I people I, are, okay I think overall it's actually pretty enjoyable mm-hmm. but it's just it does that thing that I hate that uh, Lucas was doing with a lot of those prequels of just adding too much to it like how they like end up on these weird like little droid things that are like floating down the lava and they're each yeah. standing on one and it's like just let them do the, you know you don't need to add these like little weird things like that it, right it was like he was so intoxicated with because he could finally shoot literally anything he yeah. could imagine he almost forced himself to imagine more than was mm-hmm. strictly necessary I'm still <laughs> troubled by after all these years the whole if you destroy me I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine uh-huh no, you don't. 
Well, is it? It's it's like him becoming one, one with, the, with force. the force, and I, that's going to it's Luke a now. Pretty really big claim to make. Like essentially, the you would be doing our cause a favor if you just killed me right now. Mm-hmm. Is exactly what he says. Yeah, and all it really means is when you get really really bummed out, he's able to show up in hologram form next to you on a log and tell you to keep your chin up. Yeah, what more do you want? I guess <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine more powerful could, than that. Um, I have some tough times right now. I could use a, a log ghost friend, like Alec Guinness. Yeah. Um, is it possible to make a compelling long form series about a character that does not have a face? Uh, what are you referring to? The Mandalorian. Oh, how oh, often oh. do we think he's going to take that thing off? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, that's my. Well, because they have it's a, a somewhat known actor, so like he's gonna take it off at some point. Wasn't I there? Like. I think there were two trailers, and I think in the second one he did take it off. Mm, no? I don't think so. I, okay. I've, I have not seen any footage of him without it on. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. So I feel like you're not gonna like have somebody in that role and not show like that and not show their face at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know. And also, like, they're just making him so mysterious right now. Like, we don't even know his name. And uh, so, like, is there, is this just, like, they're just trying to make him intriguing? Or is there a reason for, you know, is there going to be some big reveal of why we don't know who he is right now? Maybe yes, maybe no. It's obviously, um, you know, the first Star Wars was obviously the the first part of it. Very westerny. It was a western oh, yeah. set in space, and this is most definitely mm-hmm. a western. And you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They made a trilogy without ever revealing Clint Eastwood's name, so maybe they're just gonna yeah. roll like that. He might not. He might not need one. Yeah, and I mean the the obvious thing. I'm not saying I want this to be what it is, but it's definitely a question out there, and it seems like the obvious thing, but. You know, a lot of people are like, is it just going to end up being Boba Fett? What do you mean? Like, is he Boba Fett? Okay, so there is a also a theory out there that Boba Fett appears in the shadows of episode one of Mandalorian. Really? Yeah, that he passes some guy who just like looks over his shoulder, and if you freeze it and lighten it, is that Boba Fett, or is that just yet another guy who's... Hmm, I had not seen that. Okay. Yeah. So he... Okay, wait. So again, I'm I'm in no way saying but that he this be, is. Well, he, he can't become Boba Fett. This is after Re- Return of the Jedi. Is it, it is. Not? But what I'm what I'm saying is that uh, so there there are in in the old stories that have been scrapped, like from books and all that. Then when they kind of made this new canon with Disney, they have got they have taken out. Yeah. But in some of those stories, uh, Boba Fett was kept alive he like somehow escaped from falling in the sarlacc sure uh so man if nobody ever really dies that's becomes my problem with avengers is if everybody dies but nobody really dies then what's the fucking point of any of this Mm -hmm. if we can always snap our fingers and undo this there's no stakes right sometimes you gotta sacrifice a bounty. oh i i i don't i again i'm not saying this is what i want to happen but i just i can't help but wonder yeah is this going to is that why we don't know who he is because it's going to turn out that's who he is i Uh I, I don't know and i saw someone saying something about apparently i hadn't noticed this but he wears uh fingerless gloves and they said when you the little bit of his fingers you can see his fingers look really like mangled and and all sarlacky yeah like as if like he could have crawled his way out of a yeah so i don't know i'm sure it's somebody just looking to for yeah into it, but. i don't want that to be the case for the obvious reasons but i think more importantly the the whole disney lucasfilm people and you know kathleen kennedy is the woman mm-hmm. who runs it right they're always insistent that sure we'll wrap up the skywalker thing but it's literally a whole universe of stories to mm-hmm. tell and in theory, they're absolutely right. We all love visiting that universe, and we don't need everything in every single movie to tie back to the central story for us to give a shit about it. I would love to see all kinds of stories that have nothing to do with the Force and mm-hmm. the Empire and stuff like that. All that having been said, 
no one has demonstrated the ability to make anybody give a shit or make me give a shit about anything that doesn't tie into that central saga. And yeah. and so already, I'm just going to spoiler, nobody's still listening to this that hasn't watched the <laughs> right. first episode of The Mandalorian with the little Yoda guy mm-hmm. popping up in this. I think people are already saying, oh, and I think John Favreau's even said this is going to somehow kind of sort of inform what goes on with that. It It kind of makes me sad to think that it, might be over after this forthcoming movie because I am not sure that anybody can make a Star Wars story that really is is as intriguing as the stuff we've enjoyed to this point if it's not tied into that central narrative. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's no shame in that. You've got 12 fucking movies out yeah. of it. But I, they it's, might, it's done all right. They might just need yeah, Darth Vader. They might, but... Uh, I don't know. I there's still plenty in it for me yeah. that it's it's gonna take a lot of a lot of misfiring to me to stop. Uh, oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see for sure. Because mm-hmm. like I, Star Trek, for example, has you know they've turned the page numerous times. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, Star Trek people are real happy. I don't even think anybody still thinks that the first one was the best one. Right. That's yeah. pretty much the sum total of what I know about. Yeah. About I'm Star kind of, Trek. I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I I I am very intrigued with where all this is going. Like, what is the the deal with this little this little? I we all, I love that we all just have to call him little baby Yoda because we don't know what yeah. that species is called or anything. So, see, that had been my theory for a while was that when they were talking about making a standalone movie, the problem with Boba Fett, haha, I said at the time is the guy wears a mask the whole time. You know, shows what yeah. I know, but they kind of are. They're it's another Boba Fett. They're making a TV series about, and people were saying Job of the Hut, and that's problematic because. He doesn't speak a language anybody understands or move, uh-huh. <laughs> which which limits your possibilities. It occurred to me recently that that Yoda kind of was the guy that if you were going to make a, a standalone movie that really maybe didn't tie into the Darth Vader thing and just talked about mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Where the fuck does he live? I know. Like, I was have... Yoda in love as a teenager? I'll watch that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a Yoda movie where he literally never picked up a lightsaber. Yeah, I have such mixed feelings on things like that. Like, and even I'll put little little baby Yoda in there too. Uh, of of while that was a, a really cool reveal that I don't think anybody saw coming. Mm-hmm. The fifty year old baby. Yeah. Um, there is something to me that likes when they keep they do keep some things mysterious at times. Like sometimes when, you know, again, like the prequels are the perfect example of like things that we just heard about, but we didn't know a lot about. And then when we finally see or get more to the thing, then we're like, Oh, this is, yeah. Yeah. So that Clone is, Wars. did somebody say Clone Wars and make a TV series? Clone <laughs> yeah. Wars. So like, that is my one, I'm very intrigued where this is going, but that is my one hesitation is, is like, let's, let's, let's be cautious here. What we're doing. I don't know that you can have it both ways. I think, that you're they're yeah. going to they're going to milk this thing yeah. dry um but I've, which is which is fine because ultimately you either like the spinoff and if you don't in your mind it's like it it's like it never happened you know yeah i'll take the solo movie again as an example that i saw it it's cool it's fun that ain't han solo right. who cares it, you can't tarnish yeah. harrison ford in right. the in, in in the role yeah did you happen to uh, sorry real quick? No. Uh, I just saw this late last night. Uh, did, there's a clip floating around li- online right now of someone interviewing Werner Herzog about uh, about the Mandalorian, specifically about the the little baby Yoda. Have you seen this? No, nope. it's great because <laughs> it's, it's it's so Werner Herzog. I recommend anyone looking it up just because uh, the person is like he's like, what was your reaction to the little baby yoda did did you have you seen the thing and he's like i saw him on set and it was it was so heartbreaking and it's just, <laughs> it just and it's like just it is so stereotypical Werner herzog and just being genuine about how heartbreaking it was to see this little baby yoda and, and they're like why was it heartbreaking he's like i, I yeah, just just look it up. It's it's good stuff. They did they did puppet him, right? The, yeah, that's what actually when he said terrific. seeing it on set, I was like, oh, that was real. So yeah, yeah. you got it, man. Uh, the, yeah. the the best stuff is always the stuff that you I can, agree. That you but can that's touch. That is a weird thing now, though. There have been a few things that I've watched and just assumed it was CG. And then yeah, find they, out wow, it's practical. Well, they they CG the shit out of that puppet. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, well, what does that mean then? If like, if I thought it was CG, but it was real, 
and I want things to be re- like it, it confuses me of like wait where, where do I stand? Well, then? it sounds like the CG's gotten pretty good. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Um, so not I don't know why I expect you to know the answers to these things, but after this next movie, do we uh, the you know the the theatrical mm-hmm. rise of Skywalker? Do we expect that to be the end of Rey in Star Wars world, or would you guess that there's just in two years from now going to be another Star Wars movie that doesn't have Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or whatever? But she's still going. I got to assume. I feel like to... who's still making Star Wars movies now? The Game of Thrones guys got politely fired, right? Yeah, they got fired. Um, but there's still supposed to be a whole Ryan Johnson trilogy that right. has nothing to do with anything we've seen, supposedly. Right. Um, okay, but so Rey wouldn't be in that, right? Okay. Uh, but there are. I think they have now I'm trying to remember. So I don't know what the deal with that Game of Thrones thing is now. They're very busy. They have lots of projects and they just can't do it all right. and they want to do they wanted to uh, do justice to this and if they can't do it they want somebody else to do it. Right. But I I just mean like that whole pro- like what's happening with that project that was going to happen. So I'm not sure what the deal is there. Mm-hmm. Um but I have to assume with like as popular as these characters are now and especially yeah. Ray like there's gotta they're gonna there's gonna be like a Ray standalone movie or or just series of movies I have to assume because that to me is the money shot that is yeah. like what will keep people on Disney Plus for forever is if they can yeah. actually dump these characters down like the opposite of what always used to happen which is where you get big enough on TV they make the movie mm-hmm. if they keep her going then yeah it's just it's it seems like they have to again it's like almost like the like. X-Men or, you know, the X-Men movies, and then they make the Wolverine movies. And, you know, I feel like it's got to be, it's going to be something along those lines where these guys are going to get their own standalones. Makes sense. Before I let you go, I had another episode of your Bizarre Albums podcast that I wanted to uh, talk to you about. I had absolutely no idea that there was an album associated with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. In a nutshell, what's... Why did they do that? <laughs> uh, so because... you would assume, okay, Freddy Krueger was iconic and uh-huh. popular and was, I, I, I'm not sure how many horror characters that have ever really been like that. He may be the only one where he was a very lovable <laughs> sa- murderer and child molester. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a guy that you could... You could anchor a, a horror franchise with that obviously got increasingly ridiculous, but he was no more ridiculous than Jason or, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of other things that were going on around the same time. But there was never going to be a Jason album. There was never going to be even a, a Chucky Child's Play. There was something very, very merchandisable about him. So yeah. it's not entirely sh- – and also the franchise was completely shameless. It's yeah. not shocking to me to find out that there had been a Freddy Krueger album, but I would assume that had there been such a thing – it would have had like a horror element to it, right? And that's apparently where I would have been wrong. Yeah, it's it is it is strange that it exists. Um, and I did not know about it until like just when I started doing the show and was like trying to find weird stuff, and I stumbled into this. And uh, yeah, it's it's confusing. Um, it's and, well, well, and for, first, let me play a little bit of. Is is well, this supposed to be Freddy talking in the beginning? Oh yeah, is it? Because mm-hmm. he sounds it's, like well, he, it he is, sounds like Pitbull. It well, yeah. Play it now. I can <laughs> I can explain a little bit. Uno, dos, one, two, three, cuatro. That's Freddy. That's Freddy. That is Robert England. Everybody, it is what you think it is. Yeah, this is definitely he's the, going bully bully. Which is the like weird? So the the most of the record is covers, and there are some originals on it. Uh, and the the covers, most of them, at least, while you're like, why that you might be like, this is why is this happening? They do at least kind of make like they'll have something to do with dreams or sleeping. You know, yeah, it's welcome like, to my nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but then there's and then but then Wooly Bullies on it, and you're, it's um, from the Elm Street Group. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a little called... known fact when teenagers aren't trying not to sleep, Freddie's got a little <laughs> a little band on the side. Yeah, so it's the album's called Freddie's Greatest Hits, and it's credited to being by the Elm Street Group. And uh, what was fun about this episode for me, uh, it was actually really hard to find a lot of information out about this record. Um, and I, through the help of a guy named Will Hodge, who's a, a writer, um, he helped me 
uh, tracked down uh, this guy named Kevin Kelly, who actually produced the record. No so shit. I actually spoke with him, and and uh, so it's the first episode I've done that I actually like talked to someone that actually made the record. Um, and just like in a nutshell, it was like, yeah, there was like in 1987, like we had Freddie Mania, and like. To the point, like, a, a weird, again, he was, like, this, like, murderer, child molester, all this, and they're making, like, toys for kids of Freddy, and, like, and for some reason that was okay. And, uh, and someone, uh, yeah, came to him and was like, hey, I have this idea to do this weird, uh, Freddy record. We have the rights to be able to do this, and, uh... England's just, on board. Yeah. And well, that guy could have said no at some point. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and so part of the reason why it does... It like sounds like Freddie, but it also kind of doesn't. Um, he was telling the Kevin, the producer, was telling me that um, New Line, who made the uh, Elm Street movies, was very protective of like the processing and effects that they how they did Freddie's voice. So they kind of, I guess, had to do their best with creating that. If I was understanding his explanation right. Um, so yeah, uh, and right. So they knew it was supposed to sound like, and they had a working knowledge of sound effects and vocal effects, and so they tried to approximate it. But New Line wasn't going to help them. Yes, unless, unless I misunderstood him, and they st- did still do that. But it, he definitely never got to do that because he said that he never even actually got to meet Robert England. Like he and these other people made the music, and that in New York, and then were sending stuff to L.A. And I guess like Robert England kind of just, uh, I think they uh, he didn't even really do it to music. Like they basically had just like tempos mapped and you just had to kind of like say things to these tempos and then they ad- added in later and all this and, and this isn't emailing me a right. mp3 file this, yeah, is, this is mailing literally tapes of robert yeah. england yelling Boy, bully. yeah <laughs> it's a it was a pretty crazy story and it was fun to actually be able to talk to the person involved and he and he has uh a good sense of humor about it. He wasn't like making fun of it, but he was like he know he knows what it is and, yeah. and was like, you know, it was it was a job and like it was God I wish he'd been super pretentious about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh we gotta go. Thank you as always. Thank you. Always a pleasure. You are at Tony Thaxton at Bizarre Albums Twitter and Instagram and you have dates coming up with your band Motion City Soundtrack as well. Yeah, starting on New Year's Eve and those are selling out, so get them tickets if you don't. Oh hell yeah. 